this truck has naughty words. Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Welcome to today's episode of the Sexy Selfish Podcast. Today we're chatting with Lisa Wells from Food, Fear and Freedom. For 11 years, Lisa lived with sugar addiction, which led to depression and anxiety and just living in a constant state of overwhelm. She was taking antidepressants, seeing psychiatrists, psychologists, and reading every self-help book she could get her hands on, but she just couldn't get to the core of the matter. She found herself doing well for about a week after her sessions, but she would always end up back in the same situation, on the couch, stuffing her face with box of chocolate daily. So Lisa started journaling to try and make sense of her out of control world. And it was in one of the writing sessions she wrote, each day we have the opportunity to face our stuff or stuff our face. Not only did that really resonate with Lisa and it made her laugh, but it also rang true for so many other women. Each day she would stuff her face when really what she needed to do was stop what she was doing and face herself emotionally. Lisa claims her now long-lasting road to recovery started when she began to face her negative thinking and saw what lay beneath the surface of those unrelenting, exhausting, negative thought patterns. And Lisa's taken that transformation and her road to recovery And she now helps other women do the same and overcome that food addiction, that emotional eating, and really the fear around food and body image. So I'm so excited for you to hear this podcast today with Lisa. I enjoyed recording it so much and I got so much out of it as a person, as someone who suffered from eating disorder and distorted body image um, issues throughout my entire life. And, you know, she gives you some amazing advice, but she also leaves us today with some actionable tips we can take to break this negative cycle. So let's not wait another second and let's get stuck straight into it. Say hi and tell us what you're all about. Hey, Shona, thanks for having me. Um, Okay, so a lot of women I find are struggling with eating too many of the foods that they don't want to be eating. So what happened is for 10 years, I struggled with overeating, binge eating, emotional eating. I had depression, I had anxiety, and I lived with overwhelm as well. So living with overwhelm to me was overwhelming thoughts, thoughts that overwhelmed me and I just couldn't cope. And I used food as a coping mechanism because I didn't have any other inbuilt coping mechanisms that I was during my childhood or, you know, anything like that. Society doesn't teach us these things. And so I did the best I could and I would just reach for the block of chocolate every day and I would uh, stuff my face instead of facing my stuff. Wow. And like, first of all, I can say that I totally relate (laughs) as I'm sure so many other women do as well with the fact Mm. that food is often such a quick 
fix for us. And it's something that we don't even realize until someone kind of calls us out on it. Or we have that moment where it's like, wait a minute, why am I eating this? So share with us a little bit about, you know, your journey, I guess, and, and having those moments of realization and, and what actions you and steps you took to get to the place that you are now. Okay, well, I guess just looking back on my journey, it kind of all started when I had my first child. And I don't know why. I guess one of the only things I can think of is that because when you have that very first baby, you are so overwhelmed with love. You know, your body is um, flushed with so many amazing emotions. And if you haven't experienced a lot of emotional stuff or if you've been um, just keeping all your emotions uh, subdued, uh, for such a long time and then all of a sudden you get this major rush of um, love and emotion for this little baby it's very overwhelming and you know you want to do a good job you want to be a great mum to this little baby and um, I just it was just so overwhelming for me and I think you know I used to be a big drinker before I had kids and during pregnancy and that I really you know sort of stopped a lot of that behavior so I guess I just turned to food and then about a year in, um, my son wasn't sleeping through the night at all. And that's the first time I got prescribed antidepressants. And, um, you know, I was still kind of using food as a bit of a crutch to get me through. And I just couldn't work out why each day I didn't want to eat chocolate. I wanted to be healthy and eat healthy foods, but I just couldn't. You know, there was something stopping me. It was like something else had control over me. You know what I mean? hundred percent. So it was really, um, you know, I was quite as frustrated as I was by it. I was also quite fascinated. Uh, And I did have a lot of therapy like each year, you know, I'd I'd try a new therapist or I'd try some healing modalities and I would read self-help books and go to seminars. But, you know, after a, a week after, you know, I'd have my session on the couch with the psychologist and I'd be good for a week or a few days, but, you know, I'd be back on that couch stuffing my face with chocolate again. And the therapies and everything I was going to, they just weren't penetrating deep enough for what I was needing. And um, so it took me 10 years to get to this point where I thought, well, it's clearly something within me, you know, because you look outside for things to heal you or to fix you, like diets or the magic pill that would be just wonderful if we could wake up and take it and all our problems would be solved and we'd be living a beautiful carefree life but um yeah I realized there was actually something within me so I would stop and I would sit and I would feel what I was feeling and sometimes that was uncomfortable and I was quite scared because I didn't know what was on the other side of these feelings you know I thought if I'm going to sit here and feel discomfort I honestly thought I was going to go down even a more sort of deeper spiral than what I had been through depression and stuff but what I actually found is that I was suppressing happiness and I was suppressing joy and I started having these feelings of happiness and joy and those feelings weren't really normal for me either because I'd had such a a hard decade um, of being overwhelmed and not coping with things like my brain didn't really recognize feelings of happiness and joy as safe for me which might sound weird but that's just kind of how it all worked out um, so once I realized I was suppressing joy and happiness and then also once I realized that nothing bad was actually going to happen to me if I started facing my feelings 
um, was a good relief actually, because when we do take the time to feel at what we're feeling on the other side of that is actually always relief. You know, it's a much better feeling once you've gone through it. So if you face what you're feeling and go through it, then that's where the growth comes from. Yeah. Like I, I a hundred percent understand that feeling Like the first time you actually, you know, don't use food as a bandaid and you sit within the feelings mm. that you're having and fully experience them. For me, it was only early this year. I think that I fully had that complete moment and I broke down in tears and it was the whole fact that I couldn't look myself in the mirror. Even at that point, it was so raw and emotional, but to realize that every time I had kind of yeah repressed that feeling with food over the last 20 years of my life. And that was the first mm. time I was actually letting myself really feel that and it's such a powerful thing so would you agree that we use food as a band-aid to so much in our life oh I would yes agree a hundred percent and it's so easily accessible and you know we really hide it um from our families and our loved ones um I was at a point where I didn't know who I was without the addiction um something happened to me i started taking this olive leaf extract uh, which you can get from the pharmacy or the health food shop and i started taking it because it's really good for your immune system and i was you know wanting to be healthy no matter regardless of the fact that i was stuffing my face with chocolate every day i still <laughs> wanted to be healthy um, and i thought well this might help you know anyway i was taking it for about like i don't know a couple of weeks or something and i just realized that i didn't have sugar cravings anymore and i didn't have the thoughts that were making me want to eat chocolate and I just kept saying to myself, you know, I can't believe it. I just, I can't believe it. And I really felt uncomfortable because I wasn't doing that behavior every day that brought me comfort, you know. And um, I rang up the manufacturer and I said, look, I've struggled with, you know, uh, food addiction for however many years and I've started taking your stuff and now I'm not. I said, what's that about? And he sort of didn't realize that it had that effect on people. He said it has other effects, but he'd never heard of that before. And because I couldn't actually believe it, and I kept saying that, I, I created the thing to come back again. So I, I, um, yeah, I created the you know another five years or so of food addiction because I didn't know who I was without it. It was really intense, you know. Yeah, and it is so so internal. It's completely mm. internal and we can, we can self-sabotage so many times. And like my previous thing, I've been healthy for two or three weeks and I self-sabotage by celebrating or mm -hmm. by, yeah, like we just do it when, and I don't think people, yeah. people who have a normal relationship with food, you know, whatever we want to call that, yeah. they just yeah. can't possibly understand what this is like where it consumes all of you and mm. you know there's a huge part of you that wants to change but there's also a huge part of you that resists the change with every fiber of your being yeah i know it does it overtakes you and if you don't have that sort of internal foundation of inner strength you're screwed <laughs> until you learn how to get that <laughs> Great. So that was kind of like where you're at this battle for 10 years and then, you know, or another five years after the olive leaf extract, what does yeah. life look for like for you now? How is your relationship with food and your emotions now? Well, honestly, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's positive. I love myself. I can still eat chocolate and love myself. I just don't stuff my face with it every day. 
um, a lot healthier. Now I've got um, room in my life to focus on other things because that's not consuming me every day. Um, you know, I can do so much more now. I'm starting my own business and I'm hanging out with the kids more and I'm a lot happier and I'm a much better role model for them as well, which I think is really important. Yeah. And how is your relationship with food improving, improve the other relationships in your life? It just, you have a different perspective on things now, like before when you're being consumed by the food and the negative thoughts was basically because that's what's happening is your negative thoughts are consuming you They're They're having their way with you. You know, the situation's controlling you. You're not in control of the situation. So when you're consumed by the negative thoughts, that's all that's possible is what is in those negative thoughts. But when you are connected to yourself internally and you're facing yourself emotionally, everything, anything is possible. And that's a, a huge shift. That sounds really powerful. It sounds like you have a lot more freedom in your life now. There is, um, you know, and it's, I also enjoy food. I enjoy making healthy recipes and I enjoy kind of, I'm a bit uh, of a collector of healthy recipes now. It's got to stop at some point, but um, I just love it. Like I love looking for healthy recipes and making beautiful, nutritious food. I mean, it's still a battle to get the kids to eat at, at that level that I sort of eat at, but it's also not that I'm perfect. It's just that I am more accepting of myself. And if I do have chocolate, I don't bang on about it in my head for three to five days or a month or whatever. I just go, yes, I had it and I accept that and that's fine. And now the next thing I eat will be something different. You know, it's really taken the focus, that spotlight focus of what I was doing wrong with food. And it's just a lot more relaxed. It's a lot better. That's fantastic. Did you ever find mm. that, you know, you would let yourself, you'd be healthy, healthy, healthy. You would let yourself, you know, you'd have those emotions come up. You would grab a little bit of chocolate to suppress those emotions or to kind of cover up or deal with that. And then that would spiral down into kind of like a punishment cycle, like, a, oh, well, I've stuffed it up. Punish mm. yourself with more food. Or were you more of a, like, you could get a bit more perspective on it in that situation? Look, when I was in the grips of it, I certainly had that all or nothing mentality, you know, like every Monday I'd start out so positive and, you know, well done for me for never giving up on myself. I knew, I knew one day that I would beat this thing and um, get a grip on it. And I have, and my pattern used to be is that I would, I would never let myself get past a certain weight. So being, um, I'm five foot 10, so I'm quite tall. So I can carry a bit of extra weight as people like to tell me. Um, but I would never get past the size 14. And when my pants were getting too tight, I'm like, right, I've got to go on a you know, diet in inverted commas. And then I would do well and I'd go smoothies and I'd exercise. And then I would start losing weight and I would start feeling good. And that's when my trigger would be. When I started to feel good, it's my, something in my brain would be like, that's not safe. Um, we've got to get you back on that chocolate. And that was my pattern for 10 years. And I, I was really tried really hard to break that pattern. And what do you think it is that made, like, obviously the extra weight made you feel safe, but what would you, mm. what do you think it is that you were protecting yourself from? I just think that there was something within me that wouldn't allow myself to really show myself, my true self, if you know what I mean. Um, 
so I would keep myself busy with the food addiction because it does, it keeps you really busy. Um, and that's why people who are depressed are quite tired and lethargic is because there's so much energy to keep yourself suppressed. That's exhausting, you know, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. And um, yeah, and I just think I was just really trying to suppress myself, my true self, my inner light or whatever. You know, sometimes when you're a child, um, we're not sort of taught strategies to cope with things. And if you're in a stressful situation, something might happen and, um, you know, your subconscious mind just and your brain, it's, it's your, their job to keep you safe. And if something happens that they don't think you're in a safe situation, they will take over, you know, it'll take over um, your thought processes and that kind of thing because it wants to keep you safe. And if you are young or you don't have those internal mechanisms yet to go, excuse me, subconscious mind, I'm not in uh, danger anymore. I'm actually safe now, that thing has passed, then that pattern will just keep repeating and those neural pathways in your brain keep getting stronger and stronger and that's how we kind of get into a bit of trouble. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm only at the start of this journey of really unraveling my own issues without food, like properly. So instead of using Mm -hmm. a fad diet or expecting to go to two therapy sessions and it be magically magically fixed, accepting that this is an ongoing transformation that will probably last the rest of my life. And it's just, yeah, it is peeling back those layers and understanding why you self-sabotage and what that food is actually covering up what that triggered Mm. response of, you know, this thing happens in my life and I reach for like chips, chips are my weakness, nothing to do with chocolate, Mm -hmm. but I could smash it through Doritos (laughs) and pretty much like blackout doing it and asking yourself like, Mm. why why am I actually doing that? And not, not the mean girl language that pops up and goes, cause you're a fat pig, cause you have no will control. It's actually like, why am, what is that inner response to? If you can, ask yourself that in a much more nurturing way like you just suggested you're much more likely to get a better answer from yourself and I know that you know years ago people were locked up for talking to themselves but honestly I highly recommend it because that's just how you're going to get the answers because we do know there is that part of us that is deep wisdom and we can connect to that part of us and we can get the answers and that's all part of the healing journey so you you know learning to love yourself is not like a four-week diet plan and I know that as strong as my inner strength is now and as, as much as I love myself, I can go deeper. You know, I can still learn a lot more about how to love myself, that's for sure. So how do you feel about diet culture then? That people are always looking for, you know, this quick fix or they just want to lose eight kilos before their sister's wedding. Like how, do, how does that, and like knowing what you know now, being through the process mm. of dieting, emotional eating and, and actually realizing you were the key to changing this for the long term. How do you feel when you see all those summer bodies are made in winter ads popped up? I know it's hard. We're surrounded, you know, and it's marketing and it's clever and they've got so much money behind them to keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, the diet industry doesn't want to know about people connecting to their emotions and connecting to themselves internally. You know, that's, they would just write that off as woo woo la la land type rubbish or whatever but it's going to have to come out because it's just not sustainable. If you look at what's happening out there in the world, it's not getting better. Obesity is getting more and more 
and the dieting industry is is going to have to take a fall because it's just not sustainable and there's there's so much proof out there and people are going to be starting to notice that and looking for other options yeah yeah and i mean i 100 percent understand and so for someone what advice would you give for someone who's listening to this and thinking like oh my god i do need to make a long-term change internally not so much on the external what would your advice be to someone who's just having that moment of realization really is to just stop stop what you're doing put the pretzels down um and really one of the ways that i've retrained myself because all that's happening is you just need to retrain your brain that's all that's happening right so by you just stopping and not automatically reaching for the chips or the chocolate or the cake or the ice cream or the donuts, just doing that little pause and then, oh, that's what I was about to do. Okay. And then I would just maybe take three deep breaths and just say to yourself, I can have anything I want. I can eat any food I want. I'm just going to ask myself these three questions first. And then there's just, you know, you can ask yourself a couple of questions like, Um, what am I feeling at the moment? Just so you can kind of gauge, you know, why are you reaching for this? Is it habit? Is it boredom? Or are you feeling something that you want the food to fix for you? So you can ask yourself that. You can ask yourself, um, so if I have this food now, what do I think it will give me? Like, what will I feel if I have that food? Um, Is it comfort? Is it security? Is it relief? And then my next favourite question is, what will happen to me if I don't have that thing now? So if I don't eat that chocolate now or those chips or that cake right now, what's going to happen to me? You know, and our rational mind, we know nothing is going to happen to us, but I used to, you know, work myself up into such an internal frenzy in my mind. The turmoil was palpable. You know, I needed that chocolate. Otherwise, I don't know what would happen to me, but obviously nothing would. So you've got to just bring it back to reality and just know that you're in a safe space, but just stopping for a moment and breaking that instant, instantaneous thing where you, from your brain to your hand to that junk food, just stop that um, sort of cycle and create a new pattern. So that's called a pattern interrupt, which is a um, NLP technique, which is quite effective. Yeah, Um, I that's changed so much for me already. And I'm so excited for, for those of you listening to the podcast that you could just got to hear that absolute gold nugget of wisdom. I think that is so powerful. Just practicing the the pause and making yourself more mindful mm. and conscious of, wait a minute, what is this doing? Because so many times I have to ask myself when I, and like, and for me, it's, it's all stress related. So I'm super busy with work. I've got 10 minutes for lunch. And instead of making something healthy, I grab something quick. And I'm just like, I have to ask myself, wait a minute, is this going to fix the problem? Mm. No. Is, <laughs> is having a Kit Kat bar going to take away from the anger? Is having a packet of Doritos going to stop me feeling hormonal on my period? No, it's literally going to achieve nothing except for make me feel crap about myself after. Mm. So just practicing that pause is so powerful. 
It is. And then, you know, you can incorporate something like I would have a list of say three to five things to do as a pattern interrupt. So I'd have a, like a two kilo weight beside my desk. So I would say to myself, because we're retraining our brain, right? So I'm not saying I can't have chocolate. I'm saying I can have anything I want to eat. I'm just going to do this first. So for one month, I ate an apple first. So for one month, I said to myself, because after lunch was my trigger time, I said, I can have anything I want, but I'm going to eat an apple first. And that worked amazing for me. That's fantastic. And I, I've, I catch myself saying that to my kids all the time because I know they're bored. I know they're cranky. I know they're yeah. just like watching TV and they just want something to like have mm. in their mouth. And someone said, yeah. are you bored or are you hungry? And if they're like, mom, I'm really hungry. And I might, well, have an apple or banana. And they're like, no, mm. I don't want that. And I might like, see you're not hungry. <laughs> Yeah, you're actually just bored, and so I'm not making you caramel mud cake because you're bored. <laughs> Have a bloody apple. Well, that's like, it. The crunch. Know, which... the... Oh, I was just going to say that the crunch is a sensation that some people crave, so they get that from chips and that kind of thing as well. So yeah, an apple is a great um, stand-in, or a carrot, just something that's crunchy, like some crunchy nuts, or just something that will replace it. You know. Yeah. And I often found that like, cause chips were my big weakness and then my mum's big weakness and her weakness as well. And all my aunties, it's called the Randall curse <laughs> as on the side of our family. It's something we joke about, but yeah. you know, it's not funny. There comes a point no. where it's not funny, but I would mm. realize I would buy this stuff at the supermarket and just kind of like, and I would feel shame for buying it, but I would still buy it. And then I would mm. get home and I would feel shame for having it at home, knowing, knowing full well that once that packet's open, I can't control myself. And so almost as a bid to get rid of it out the house and as punishment, I would eat it in one sitting to get it out the house because that money mindset came into play as well of like, I cannot waste this. I can't throw it out. (laughs) But somehow I couldn't stop myself putting it in the basket. So was there ever anything like that for you where it was just easier, like you would eat it completely to just get rid of it I would and I would also eat it to shut my brain up or to shut the thoughts up because you know I was going through so much turmoil in my mind I didn't want to eat it but the thoughts were just consuming me so I would just eat the damn thing to shut the freaking thing up you know like there was just it's like a naughty child in my head but um I have since learned like I'm stronger in the morning like that's my uh, my peak time is the morning time so I make sure when I do my grocery shopping I do it then because there's no way I'm going to be eating a chocolate bar or buying chocolate at you know say eight o'clock or eight thirty in the morning so you know that's you got to take these things into consideration especially when you're healing you know yeah that's that's actually so true I'm just thinking now about my husband who if I ask him to go to the shops for anything after work when he's on his way home when he's like a man and he's starving and he's thinking about dinner he always (laughs) buys so much crap food and he brings it home and I'm just like Mm. I just literally needed milk (laughs) and he comes it's true like if I go shopping when I'm hungry I don't make good choices often I'm at the Mm. checkout and I'm starving and I've just bought all this food and I'm thinking you know I need something for that 10 minute drive home and I will self-sabotage and buy myself something just for the drive home like how messed up is that Mm. 
I know. Look, I used to do the grocery shopping on a Saturday afternoon and I would, I love these little uh, chocolate coated peanuts that they have here in South Australia. And um, it's a 180 gram pack or something like that. And it was too much like because we only live like five minutes from the supermarket so i would take the long way home i would drive as slowly as possible without any, having anyone behind me or causing an accident and then i would do an extra block around uh, our block while eating this chocolate because you know i just had to get it in and i just didn't want to waste it and i just wanted to eat it and that's what i used to do <laughs> isn't it so funny and i, I think that it is something we we hide from and it's not something that we talk oh. about openly because we're meant to have it all together right we're meant to be these amazing Pinterest mums that do everything <laughs> and volunteer at every bake sale and work full-time and have a six-pack and cook healthy kale meals mm. from scratch no oh. one talks about the fact that we're all sneaking tim tams in the car on the drive home from the supermarket <laughs> I know, and that's part of it. Is hiding it is kind of also part of the guilty pleasure, but it's also part of the guilty pain, as well. Um, you know, some people can sort of put their foot down and say, "This is my first step to healing, right? No more sneaking it, or no more in the car." I've heard of some people just doing that because the car is like a safety place. You know, no one can sort of see what you're doing. Um, so it's a bit of a trap. You've really got to build up that internal inner strength within you. And um, that's those coping strategies to help you get over it. Fantastic. So what would be the first steps, you know, for someone who's thinking, you know, I really want to overcome this emotion. Would you have any tips for, you know, the type of shopping or maybe buying things or not buying things or creating, I guess, healthy boundaries so that you can actually have a plan for success in overcoming this? Sure. Uh, I'm, a, I'm big on lists, right? So I first started out and I had a list of, and you have to start small. You have to understand that this is not going to happen overnight. It's the small steps that you do consistently that add up to the big changes, okay? And people want instant access to health and, and abs and six packs. But like I said before, learning to love yourself is not a four-week diet plan. So you will um, have peaks and troughs through this journey. But um, right, what I did is I wrote a list of the habits that I wanted to change. So the unhealthy habits that I wanted to change to healthy habits. And I would start with one a week. So my first one is I wanted to integrate more water. Make sure I was drinking enough water every day because that's pretty important for lots of health aspects. And um, even if I ate chocolate or anything, I never, I did not focus on that. I drank my water and I drank two liters of water a day and I, that's all I focused on. If I had a thought about whatever, like if I ate, because this is true, I ate seven Mars bars one day, right? I didn't really focus on that. I just focused on the water that I drank. And this is all part of retraining your brain to focus on the positive. So we want to stop focusing on the negative and the shame and the food guilt and all that. And we want to bring it into a more positive light. So have that list uh, of things that you want to change and just incorporate one healthy thing a week. And then I would probably have a, a list of a few pattern interrupts to do. So get, get a two kilo weight or a favorite song or go for a walk or call a friend. Do it as a list because then it's there because if it's not there, you're not going to refer to it. But if you've written it down, it's much more of a commitment and you're more than likely to stick with it. Um, have a list also of say three to five healthy approved by you snacks that you can have guilt-free, right? 
So, I mean, you could make it a carrot or a banana or apple or whatever. That's good to have them in there, but they can be a bit boring. So you need to find something else that's, um, that you can replace. So instead of having a Kit Kat, um, I've seen these really cool um, protein balls from the supermarket. I get them at Foodland here. And they're really yummy. They're peanut butter. They're cacao. They're all superfoods and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you don't want to replace stuffing your face with chocolate and stuffing your face with these things um read what the uh, ingredients are on the back make sure they're sort of a bit more natural a bit healthier for you and read what the actual uh, portion size is so with these little balls three of them is one portion size so i'm at the stage where i can actually just eat three and that's i can leave the rest of the packet for you know the next couple of days or something like that so just have these things on hand, like carry some almonds in your bag, um, do things like that and make that switch. That's basically how you, how it happens. That is such great tips and some that I'm, you know, really starting to implement as well into my life. And I love that, that, that trigger and that pattern interrupt is a mm. cool way, like giving yourself something to do when those feelings come up. And it's not a case of distracting you from your hunger. Like we're not talking about like if you're genuinely hungry, mm. you don't want to distract and put that off, you know, and then that can spiral into another type of problem area. It's when, yeah. when you can recognize that you're eating for an emotional response, not from your normal human hunger triggers, mm. that creating something else that you can do. Yeah, that pattern. I think that's such a powerful mm. idea. And I mean, I'm just going through my NLP training at the moment, and um, oh, cool! Like that's that's such an interesting concept, and I'm sure that would be really, really mm. cool for people to try. I can't wait to hear people's feedback from this call. How do you feel yeah. about food journaling? Because this is something within my course, the six-week humans fuck school, we do what's called mind, body, and soul journaling. So essentially every day we're just documenting, you know, our emotions for the day, what we're eating for the day, our movement levels, how we physically feel. Because, and you mentioned before that every single person's different. And that's what I want people to realize is that you've got to stop looking at diet plans, stop looking at programs mm. and start recognizing that you have your own rules for your body you know that your body likes yeah. things and your body functions at optimum times during the day that's completely different to someone else so how do you feel that you know the, the food journal idea can actually benefit rec recognizing some of those triggers that set you off yeah um i've sort of played with food journaling a bit but i always found that i just never wrote down the naughty food yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah. Really so I was never honest with yourself. Yeah. If you can do it from a point of view of curiosity, you know, and it's not to make yourself feel bad or to, you know, it's, it is probably quite useful over like say a month, for example, if you do food journaling for a month and then you can look over it and go, yeah. Oh yeah. I can see that's where I was premenstrual or that's where, you know, maybe the cat died or something, you know, I can see why that all went like that. Um, but yeah, look, I think there is even scientific evidence in in positive for the food journaling. But for me personally, I didn't didn't work for me. But that's just a mindset thing for me. Yeah, and I definitely find like knowing now that my food logs 
don't have to be seen by anyone is a completely different mindset to when I was surrounded in that diet culture and actually working within the diet industry, those food mm-hmm. logs were quite a public thing. So there was lots of shame and guilt and to be honest, mm-hmm. dishonesty with it. So now doing it from mm-hmm. a place where there's no expectations, no shame or guilt, it is from that place of curiosity. I'm finding it yeah. really powerful tool to actually be able to look back on paper and be like, there's such an obvious pattern here, Shona, that four o'clock in the afternoon you start making some bad choices. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good time for you can prep yourself. Um, and I'm also just thinking as well, you know, from my perspective, what happened with me is that I focused so much on the the bad food that I ate that I didn't give any um, any um, recognition to the good food I was eating. So if I had have honestly done a food journal. And then, you know, so I had healthy breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea. I might have had one chocolate and then had a healthy dinner. I would just solely focus on that one chocolate. But if I had that in a food diary, then I could go, oh, wow, yeah, look, I did eat a lot healthier than I thought I did. So, yeah, that could certainly help out that way too. Yeah, and it's that very black and white attitude towards food. That food is either good or bad. And yet we do find that we just completely focus on the bad. And it's that whole mentality mm. of, you know what, one salad isn't going to make you healthy, just like one <laughs> burger isn't going to make you unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So you've got some new stuff coming out as you're you know making this transition into really working you know as a a food coach and an emotion coach so tell me Mm -hmm. what what's coming up for you uh do you mean work-wise yeah so what's emotionally (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so i have created a, a course it has 10 modules and it will be available online soon just putting the finishing touches to it and it does have coaching with me because this is really, you know, we said it's already, it's such a personal journey and everyone, the way everyone will react to this will be differently. And it's such a hard thing. You know, I struggle so much with this. If I had someone that would have held my hand weekly and said, look, babe, it's okay here. Let's just, um, you know, go within and and see what you're feeling and connect to yourself internally. And um, I just ask a few questions about what's going on you know, my journey would have been halved. I would have saved half the amount of turmoil that I went through. So um, I show you how to connect with yourself and I explain what that means. And, you know, it's really an art form that has been lost over, you know, centuries, really. It's just not something that's practiced that much these days. Um, Although mindfulness is coming back into fashion, which is a good thing. Uh, And really, it is the key. And um, just going within and we build up that internal... Uh, that internal foundation of strength, you know, that we're missing because that's all it is that we're missing. We're just using food, but if we have some other strategies instead, um, yeah, we can cope a lot better and we can do that. We're not reaching for the food because we're already giving ourselves what we need through connection and uh, facing our emotions. That's great. Like actually dealing with what's happening. And it's like the, like, not to quote Taylor Swift, but band-aids don't fix bullet holes. And like, let's actually go and deal with the bullet hole. Let's go to the ER, let's get some stitches, let's pull out whatever the problem is and, and get it fixed up rather than just whacking it some dead on a band-aid on it, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is scary stuff, you know. Like I said before, I didn't know who I was without the addiction. I had never trained myself to feel discomfort. 
but if you haven't sort of been trained to face yourself emotionally you don't know yet that on the other side of that is relief you know it's happiness it's joy and it's only a really short amount of time that you're in you know having a little bit of discomfort really it's 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 negligible compared to the joy and happiness that awaits you on the other side so yeah it's well worth going through the journey and freedom awaits it's so exciting honestly it's my life has really changed and it's fantastic it is it's so exciting i i know exactly the relief you're talking about when you do kind of cleanse it and actually deal with everything and this is so needed I remember the first time we spoke and you you were sharing with you know what your passion was and what you were called to share with the world I'm just like this is so needed like literally every single woman I know has been through this at some point in their life and you know Mm. they've either found a way to temporarily deal with it but I really don't think we ever fully deal with it until we do go this deep like you can do any diet plan in the world you want you can sign up for as many gym memberships that we all know you're not going to go to you know (laughs) it's time to actually deal with this in a proper way and the problem is people aren't talking about this because it's not easy to sell people don't want to try and sell the long-term fix because it's easier to sell them a magic pill or a magic smoothie or a magic 12-week program promises results rather than telling someone hey you're gonna have to do some hard work you're gonna have to dive (laughs) deep into who you are it's gonna be freaking terrifying Mm. but you're gonna come out the other side you know an authentic joy-filled person Mm. like it is it's obviously harder to sell and that's why people aren't sharing it. But I think this is a message that needs to be heard. It does. Yeah. I have to try and find a way to sexy it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure we can think of something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but you know, it's easy to go to the gym or, you know, all those kind of external things. And it's, this is an internal process. And, you know, once you get to meet you again, anything is possible and you become a better mother you become a better wife you become a better friend you become you know that version of you that's inside actually waiting for you to do this your inner self is waiting for you to come back you know to knock on that door and go hey inner self come on let's be friends again because when you're friends with your inner self anything is possible and that's just how we are built as humans that's what i believe that's perfection. So a world before Fitzbo is really what we're trying to achieve again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Perfect. So Lisa, where can everyone find you if something's resonated with them on tonight's podcast? Where can they connect with you and find out more? At the moment, Facebook, my Facebook page is the best place. My online um empire is still being built at the moment so my facebook page is food fear and freedom with lisa wells and i have got connection videos on there heaps of free content so you can sort of take it for a bit of a test drive and see what it's all about perfect and you mentioned as well that you are available for one-on-one coaching will that be up and running soon Yep, I can also, I'd be happy to have a, a consultation, you know, I'm happy to do a phone chat, see where you're at with food, give you a few tips, uh, get you heading in a bit of a right direction, and we can experience a connection session together. I would love that. 
That sounds so perfect. And I'm sure lots of the babes listening will definitely take you up on that. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast tonight. I know I've got so much value out of it. Everyone listening is going to just feel like a changed woman. And, you know, maybe they're going to be feeling like there is hope. There is some light at the end of the tunnel that this yo-yo dieting up and down body hate hamster wheel that they've been on for years, that there is actually hope for a better life than just repeating that cycle there is and that hope is within them and they just have to embrace it ah i love everything about this podcast so thank you so so much for joining us tonight i can't wait to see what is ahead for your business and all the lives you're going to change not only here in south australia but around australia and around the world thank you shane i've really enjoyed uh, chatting with you and everyone listening thank you so much Thanks, everyone. If you love this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on The Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I'm sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.